Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show Hello, hello, my darlings and brothers, if y'all brothers are listening, but I'm mostly talking to my sisters. But, you know, I got some male listeners, too. So, hi, y'all. Welcome again to another episode of the podcast. I am super excited um, to be speaking with you today. We have a very, very good episode, and I hope that this episode hits your heart in such a way that you really, really, really gain something from this, but you also really understand the seriousness of what this episode is about. So before we get into that, um, I just have a couple of quick announcements. Thank you to those that joined my time with God Challenge. I am super excited to pour into these ladies this week. It is such a joy every single time I do this challenge. This is my third time actually doing this challenge, y'all, and it has been such a good run. Um, And so if you have not heard of the Time of God Challenge, sis, you missed out on joining, but it's all good in the hood. Um, And yes, I'm super excited to be pointing to these ladies. Also, follow me on Instagram. Thank you to all of my new followers. And also, if you love the podcast, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with another accountability partner, and just continue to spread the good news. I love doing this podcast, and I love seeing you all share it on social media and tag me in the episodes. I just hope that you are getting so much from this podcast and to God be the glory for everything that he does in your life. Whether you're starting therapy, you're in therapy because you've heard my testimony, glory to the father and just know that the father is super pleased with you for taking the step in your healing. So let's get into this. So the topic of this podcast is your work is your worship. This was a word that God gave to me in particular Um, And so what I really want to paint the picture for you in this podcast is we're really going to dig into the desires that we all have to address the root issues of why we aren't doing the work. And so what happened was I've been in this season of real execution and just really executing all of the things that I say I want to say, the things that I know I desire. And God had to check me because there have been, my season has shifted from where, and it's really, really interesting how you have to really know the season you're in. And that's something you do have to seek the father about. 
And so I really want to kind of paint the picture for you. So one of the things that has shifted in my life is my time with God. That was the first indicator of kind of where I knew something was different for me. Um, And it kind of started at the start of this year, but it really hit home in the mid-January and like very start of February as I was noticing that I was getting up later, which is something that I do in general when I know that I have a lot going on and I'm a little bit more tired. But y'all know I always say all the time I'm up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. But this season I have been sleeping until about... 545 and not really getting up till six. So my time with God has been really short. It's been like 25 minute, 30 minute time with him, but I'm still getting so much from that time, which is not normally how my time with God works. And that's how I knew something was different. Now, again, I am someone that loves spending time with God. Y'all hear me talk about this all the time. And I'm used to spending like a couple hours with him. But this has been different. And so um, no shade to anybody who only gets 25 minutes because it's like this is a difference for me. So if that's your season that you've been in and you have, you know, short spurts of time with God, like I get it. Like you can still get a really good time with him. And I think what has happened was that, you know, I have these things that I'm doing and things that I have desires about and things that I'm really praying to God about what I want him to do in my life. But that was the first indicator. And over the last couple of weeks, God has been talking to me about execution, doing the work, not just being talk that talk, but just like walk the walk. And so I was really kind of trying to understand why this word kept coming up to me. And he's given it to me in a couple of ways, which I'm going to share with you because um, he gave me two things. But this morning I sat before him um, and, you know, I'm in the expectation of kind of my normal routine. I, it's a Saturday morning. I'm getting up. I'm going to spend a couple hours with you, so on and so forth. And as soon as I get in my closet, I'm not in worship that long. Usually worship lasts for me about 30 minutes. And then I get into, you know, reading and studying Five minutes into worship, I'm sitting down in front of my notebook and he starts talking to me and he said, your work is your worship. And so I'm trying to understand, like, one, you checking me like, okay, I get it. I understand. He literally said to me, you're going to have to work in this season. And so I was kind of just taken back because I won't say that I have a bad work ethic, but I do what I want to do when I want to do it, if that makes sense. Like, it's Saturday and I'm recording this podcast and my podcast posts on Sunday. Like, I've had times in the middle of the week I could have, you know, planned out my schedule better and did more things more efficiently to handle what I need to handle so I could have a little bit more time on the weekend to work on other things. But I did something at the last minute. And so what God was showing me was just that your work is your worship. Like, you don't have to sit in front of me super long to get a get a word from me. Get something quick and then put in the work. And so I want to kind of talk to y'all about the seriousness, I feel like, of where we as Christians say we have all this faith, but we don't do nothing with it. And we don't put in the necessary work for the things we say we want. And the reason I'm coming from this angle is because even though I talk to y'all about therapy and this can even relate to your healing journey, you know, we spend so much time feeding off of other people for inspiration or feeding off other people for a drop of knowledge on healing or 
feeding off inspiration of a to-do of what we need to do for our own selves to get better, but we don't do the work for our, we don't do the work for real, for real. We're not willing to dig. And so I'm going to be very practical. I want this to be very practical and easy to understand, but I am going to hit the spiritual part, but we sometimes operate in the mindset of us talking instead of doing. So the definition of work is an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. And so in this time for me, what I've realized is that, to be quite honest with y'all, I used, or I can't say I used because I don't, I, I really believe that my time with God is important, but I really like kind of used Uh, spending so much time with God in my season of where I was and trying to go back to that place instead of trying to do the work. Like I want to use, oh, I got to get all this word from God instead of like taking the word that I already know and implementing it, to be honest. And so overall, What I have realized is that we got to stop thinking. And this is my first point that we have so much time. And so I know for me, I, I can be a slow pacer, just to be honest. And I don't sometimes think that what I do is I lag. Okay, let me just say that. I sometimes lag in what I need to do because I'm always thinking I have to, I over plan. Like, let me just say that I over plan and don't implement. And so again, like I said, one of the things God has been showing me is your work is your worship. That was to me very important because God knows I love to worship him and I love to be in his presence. And for him to like point out to me that worshiping him in this time for myself is going to require me to do the work. This is not the thing of like trying to have performance-based thinking. This is the idea of putting, putting work behind your faith. It doesn't mean I have to try to prove anything or trying to earn anything from God. But if I have all this faith, it don't mean Jack Dilly Squiggly Squat. If I don't do nothing with it and just get out of your mind that if you have this expectation of God, but you don't do anything with it, the work of your therapy journey, the work of your purpose, the work of pleasing the father is not going to mean nothing if you're not doing anything with it. And so just stop being lazy. So and one of the other things that God was showing me was. I was telling him one day, um, I was reading in what I'm actually going to read to you all, which is a scripture in Matthew, which basically talks about the entire process. So one of the things that came up was, as I was kind of praying to God and asking him about this, was, you know, God is going to come back. Like, let's be honest, Jesus is going to come back, whether it's in our lifetime or in our children's children's lifetime. The idea is that you need to be doing whatever you can get up in this lifetime to serve the kingdom of God and make a legacy and make generational wealth and do the things that you know you need to do and be a generational curse breaker. But the idea is that what is like, what is your work? What is the thing that God has gifted you with to do? What is the testimony that you have from your healing journey that can be used for the glory of God? And sometimes we don't even want to address the deep 
or dark parts of our lives because we're scared to go there. But what if that's the place that God wants to make amazing? For me, it was talking about my mental health journey. That was to me a very, very dark place in my life. I didn't want to sit up there and go to therapy every single week for almost a year. I went to therapy every week for almost a year to talk to somebody who I don't know about deep rooted things in my life. Like how foolish does that sound? It was a foolish thing to do in in my head at the time. But then I realized over time of going that it was so profound because what happened was I became to understand my identity. I became to understand my identity in God. I healed places with God that I never thought I could heal. I never knew that I looked at God as a disciplinarian. I didn't know I didn't look at God as a father. I tell y'all all the time, when I first started therapy, I did not like God. When my therapist used to hit on hit me with stuff about the Lord, I would be like, girl, if you don't stop. Because it was such a deep-rooted um, place that I didn't go. And I was I was very disappointed in God for a lot of things. But what I realized was that I blamed him for simply... Things that were out of my control as a kid, as a young adult, and I wasn't taught true love. I wasn't taught healthy relationships. I wasn't taught growing up what a parent should be and who they are. And so now I'm just kind of like in my 27, 28 year old self trying to figure it out by myself. And God was like, let me meet you where you at. But it didn't start until I did the work. It didn't start. And and I'll tell you, I was talking to a friend the other day and she was telling me like, girl, healing is exhausting. And I said, girl, imagine literally going into taking a, a bag of garbage and you over the course of the week thrown a whole bunch of stuff away. And you literally have to go back into that garbage can and pull out something that was valuable to you and pull it out to wash it off clean to use. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to literally dig inside your mess, pull out something and say, this is beautiful. I want to wash this off, clean it up and use it. And it's scary for us. It's, it's a, it's a very scary thing. And it's almost kind of like, Why would God want to do that? Like we think to ourselves, like, why would God want to come inside of us as sinners that like, let's just go there. Come inside of us as sinners, heal us, redeem us, literally say, I've forgiven you for all your sins and your soul will now be with me in heaven and give us his spirit and say, now go do the works of the kingdom. Like, why would he do that? How how unorthodox and non-traditional is it to do that? And not only that, that he doesn't judge us. He doesn't judge us if we've been promiscuous. He doesn't judge us if we struggled with masturbation. He doesn't judge us if we struggled with pornography. And I don't know why I'm hitting on like sexual perversion. He doesn't judge us if we have been molested. He doesn't judge us if we've lost a parent and turned our backs on him. He doesn't judge us if we smoke weed or drink alcohol or do all these things. He doesn't judge us if we 
desires stuff more than him. He doesn't judge us if we're in loads of debt. He doesn't judge us if we do these things at all. He's just like, I want your heart. And so, but the thing that has happened is that the world has painted this picture that you got to be this type of person to come to God. Or I don't even, I won't even say that the world has done that because I do believe that there has been a shift in the way we look at Christianity and relationship with God. But there's still parts of us that even then, if when we come to God, we don't show him or we're not honest about. And so the idea of this, your work is your worship is the point of saying, what does God need to be finding you doing? If it means you need to take a couple months and not be so involved with going out to brunch with your friends to save some money, like that's work. That's worship to God with your finances. Does that make sense? I mean, I can't hear y'all, but I know that that makes sense. And so I'm going to go to the picture of what God was showing me, but what he was talking about in Matthew, and I'm going to give you the whole chapter. Hold on, let me turn in my journal because this is where I was. Give me just a second, sis. And I know that this is not the best way to do this while I'm on the microphone. So we're going to go to Matthew 24, 36, and we're going to read um, verse 36 all the way to Matthew... 25 through 29. So let's get into this, sis. Okay. So I'm not going to read the whole verse or the whole chapter, but what I am going to do is kind of hit a couple verses. So I'm going to go to Matthew 24 and 46, which basically says, and this is basically talking about Jesus coming back and how we need to be ready. And being ready isn't always like making sure you're perfect. This is not what Jesus was saying, but being found doing something. And so Jesus said, let's start with verse 45, 24 through 45. Um, Who then is faithful and why and a wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, will be fine so doing. Surely I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if the evil servant says in heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on the come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware of and will cut him into and appoint him to his portion with hypocrites. And there is more after that verse. But basically, I want to touch on the point of it says that blessed is he, blessed is the servant whom the master, when he comes, will find doing. This isn't about us trying to make our lives perfect. Like I'm trying to basically paint a picture for you all that we're not at the point of trying to be perfect. We don't need to try to be perfect. This life is not about perfection. When I look at my mom who is 58 years old, homegirl ain't seeking perfection. Okay. Like homegirl is like trying to live her best life in retirement and do what she want to do. Like God calls us to do on the earth and then eventually cause us to be with him. There's not a, you're not trying to be perfect. 
Really, what we need to be doing is loving the father and loving others. And we love others and love the father by doing the work of the kingdom, sharing the good news. What have you been called to do? And if you don't know what that is, go heal and figure it out with God. One of the conversations I recently had with a friend was she said, girl, I'm I'm going to therapy because I need to know. I need to know who I am. And not even as a point of like using therapy as the main source, but it's one of the strategies that we can utilize to have. Now, it doesn't take away our authority to pray. It doesn't take away our authority to seek the word. I by far say those are the things you need to be doing first before you go, because when you get into therapy, you're going to need the word of God to redefine everything you thought you knew about yourself. Because what you think you know, you really don't know until you get in front of God and really seek him for yourself. And so there's an aspect, though, however, although we are spiritual beings and we have a spiritual being inside of us, we also are human. We need to know how to live in this life. And so she was like, girl, I'm going to therapy because I need to heal from some very human things that I've gone through that have taken me through the ringer that I knew nothing about and allow God to show me. And so a lot of it is to allowing God to process with you in a place where you can do something. And even if it's not therapy, do it with a friend. Get in front of someone, open up your heart, but you need to be found doing something and doing it in a way where you're not just living your life. That was what I was talking about in the second part of the verse where it was saying he was delaying his coming. God, God is going to eventually come. And then we need to be found doing something that's serving him. This is not about performance because you don't have to perform to receive God's love. But if you feel like you got to perform, then you need to go to the root of what that is for and why you're doing that. So let's get into the second part of this. As I was saying before with, we need to act like we need to stop thinking we have so much time. So we got to decide today what's going to make a difference for tomorrow. If that means you need to make a list, if that means you need to get an accountability partner, if that means you need to, you know, say back to your anxiety and and take back your life. Like y'all got to understand something. There's a song that I listen to when I really need to get into the presence of God. It's by Godfrey Golden. It's called Glory to the Lamb. But before the song in the CD, he speaks about how the mysteries of God have now been given to us through Jesus Christ. And I can go a whole spiel about that. But what he also said was you have to know that you have the power of God inside of you, that you have the ability to teach demons some stuff about God. And what that basically says is the the authority, sis, my God, the authority you have in heaven, but not just in heaven, on earth. Like, y'all, start speaking back to when you feel overwhelmed and say, I'm not going to be overwhelmed. 
But not only speak back to it, do something about it. If it means bitting to a friend to say, sis, I need you to help me make a list. I need you to help me get organized. I need you to help me know what I need to do. I need to know like how I need to cut some things off. Find someone, speak to Holy Spirit, which I'll talk about in a second on how to help you through that instead of becoming victimized to your emotions. Because your emotions are going to lie to you all the time. Your emotions are going to tell you something that you should do all the time. And you have the authority and the ability to control them. And again, as I say all the time, if you struggle with this, go talk to someone. Because there are some times when we're so weak from our emotions and so beat up by our emotions and so beat up by the things that we're going through that we need another party to walk us through how to do so. Okay. Okay. But also do the work and press in, like press into those spaces. Don't close off. Don't, don't fold under pressure. And if you feel like you're going to fold, find somebody, you have the body of Christ. And I don't know why I keep saying find somebody. Maybe this is, this is really about, um, the community and the accountability we have with the body of Christ that usually we as people don't want to open up to because we close off everybody because we think that us being by ourselves is the way to solve the issue, but it's not. Okay. Don't value comfort and minimize pain. Don't value comfort and minimize pain, but maximize pain and minimize comfort. Because there, there is a, there is a push through that you get when you going through something. When you're going through something, there's a different way you pray, sis. When you're going through something, that's when we go to God because we know that's the source. So push through that and push and push through it and know that God says you're worthy and he and he desires to give you those things. Like, I don't want to say this and make it feel like uncomfortable, but like sometimes we just got to be uncomfortable with God as we're going through and doing the work. Okay, so again, what's the first thing you need to do? This is my second point. What's the first thing you need to do? Do you need to find a therapist? Do you need to do the first thing God told you to do? Do you need to repent and turn? Many times, a lot of times when we're going through stuff and or struggling with something or or having to go through the consequences of a season because of something we did, repent. God says, like I told y'all last week, the word, let me pull up the word that God told me to tell y'all last week. Um, He says, why would I punish my people for their desire to spend time with me? This is the thing. I want to redeem them, forgive them, and help them be on a better path. They fear I will hurt them when I love them. I died for them that they could have relationship with me. I took their punishment to the cross. I just want their time so I can bless them with relationship with me. I can take care of all they're struggling with. I want to care, take care of them forever. I want them to believe I will. So here's the thing. God's not leaving us out here just to figure it out. But there is an aspect of, look, come to me as a forgiveness so I can help you. Like, let's just be clear. God calls us to obey him. To be obedient. He calls us to love him, but we also need to be obedient. So if there's the one thing that God has told you to do and you ain't did it, it's like, sis, like how many more conversations do you need to have to do the work? 
How many more times do you got to hear me talking about going to therapy before you actually try to find a therapist? Okay. <clears throat> I have a whole webinar that I'll leave in the show notes that I did on help me find a therapist. It's literally $15. Buy it. Look at it. It's like an hour uh, webinar. I literally walk you through the process on how to find a therapist. If you have insurance, if you don't have insurance, if you want to find a black therapist in your area, I take all of the process out for you in that webinar. Go get it. Find a therapist. But also, before even that, repent and turn. Be obedient. Are you not doing the work because you're afraid of what people are going to think? Who cares? Who cares? What if your family doesn't support you? What if people talk about you? What if you have to do something you've never done? What if it's uncomfortable? Why do we allow these things to be the reason why we don't do stuff when that isn't what God said? God didn't say, okay, be obedient to me. But really think about what people are going to say about you before you do something. Okay, be obedient to me. But, you know, your family is not going to support you. So you really need to think about that first. Like, no. He said, if you hate, if you can't hate your mom, your father, your brother, you can't be my disciple. So you're expecting a different result from something where you've got to be willing to just do the work anyway. Who cares if nobody supports you? Only thing you need to be caring about is if the father is pleased with what you're doing. Period. Okay. And the last point, which is where I'm going to really dig deep and spend some time and camp out here. Part of part and part of what I'm saying is. Think about and this is where you can take notes in your mind. Think about what is the first thing you need to do. If the first thing you need to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me. God, forgive me for the things I have done that are against you and put me on the right path so that I can walk with you. Simple prayer, believe it to be and ask God for help. But also understand you have an advocate, sis. You have Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to kind of go into who Holy Spirit is. I'm hoping I can really, really dig into this with you. But a lot of people don't really talk about who Holy Spirit is. And a lot of people don't really go into the details of how powerful Holy Spirit is and who he is and why God gave us this spirit that is just like him, that knows him, that is the third entity of him and is the same spirit that has been with God through all things. We nobody talks about him. And this is something I recently learned Um, I want to say back in November or December, God had told me to start studying Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to read to you quickly, and then I'm going to go ahead and kind of go into depth of what this is. Um, So we're going to go read John 16. Verse 7, and I'm going to go all the way to verse 15, but I'm going to kind of camp as I go, okay? So starting with verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So I want to park here for a second. 
When we accept Christ, we receive Holy Spirit. I need you to understand that the importance of having a relationship with Holy Spirit, and I'm going to bring a friend on probably sometime this year that understands this even in a deeper way than I understand it because Holy Spirit is a whole entity. And even though we have a relationship with God, we need to even have a relationship with Holy Spirit because he is our partner in this life. He is the one who partners with us to do the things we're doing. He is the one who speaks what God says. Even when God speaks to us, Holy Spirit is the one that's speaking. And as I'll go into um, the verse that will that will um, help you understand this, Holy Spirit is the one that's speaking and he only speaks what God tells him. And so there is a power and it, there's a couple of scriptures that talk about the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of us. That is who is in us. And so Jesus is saying, as he's walking with the disciples, they're up, you know, sad that he's leaving and all of these things. But Jesus is saying, look, it is to your benefit that I leave you. They were so consumed with the fact that Jesus was in front of them. But he's saying, look, it is to your benefit that I'm leaving you. He was limited. Jesus was limited to a certain time frame. The spirit wasn't limited. The spirit was eternal. And so what happened was Jesus said, it is to your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper will not come. So even though I'm with you, there's a spirit that I want to have put that I want to put inside of you. That's going to help you do all the things that even I'm doing. You're doing it because I'm here. But there is something else that I want to give to you that is a part of me that you'll be able to have to do the mighty works that I want to do through you. So they were upset, but he said, if I don't depart, he can't come. And so it's a, it's a gift that Jesus died because when he died, the spirit gave us the opportunity to experience God always. And the reason why this is so important is because Jesus had to take the sin so that we could receive the spirit because we can't receive God's spirit within sin. We had to be redeemed and born again to receive the spirit of God. I hope this makes sense to you all. So I'm going to keep going. And then when he, and then this verse eight, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they don't believe in me of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because of the rule of this world is judged. So that part, that verse right there is Holy Spirit's role, which I don't have time to get into, but I'm going to keep going. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, this is what I want to share. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So I'm going to go back. So Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And it also says he will guide you into all truth. He will speak on his he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak what he hears. So there's another verse and I got to figure out where it's at. But it says Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So if 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 the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, then he only knows truth. 
So when I'm talking to y'all about speaking back to your anxiety, speaking back to your depression, speaking back to those things that you think God doesn't care about, understand you got to rely on Holy Spirit. You need to ask Holy Spirit to give you the truth and say, okay, if, it, if God didn't give me anxiety, then you got to tell me what God gave me and redeem yourself through the truth. Instead of being at this space where it's like we're, we're, we're walking like victims and not utilizing the spirit God gave us. That's what's happening. Nobody's feeding Holy Spirit. Nobody is pouring into themselves with the word of God. If Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, then what's true? God's word, which is the Bible. We ain't picking up our Bibles to feed him. So we're just we're just he's starving, thirsty, skinny in the spirit, not full to be able to do what he needs to do in your life. He's basically walking around skinny and frail and fragile and who's who can walk around skinny and frail and fragile and do anything? You're tired when you're dehydrated. You're in the hospital getting fluid, sis. And so the problem is that not that we're <clears throat> um, we're relying so much on the world and the world to feed us and the world to give us what we need when we're always going to be thirsty in the end. And so when God is saying your work is your worship. Whatever that sits in your spirit, do that. For me, it's serving God and not just always getting a word or getting something from him, but to feed it to other people. There's a lot of things that I feel like I have knowledge of and understanding of that, that I need to share with people. Instead of holding it for myself. And it's out of fear, if I'm being transparent, it's out of fear of, God, well, what if this doesn't work? God, what if, what if I try to put this out there and no one comes? Or, or let me not even say that, because I don't really truly believe no one will come or listen to what, I, what God will give me the words to speak. But truly, it's been about just too much consumed with a bunch of foolishness that ain't got nothing to do with serving my father. And so get out of the place of victimization where you constantly go to God about the same thing over and over. And he's saying, do it. And you don't do it. The worship is working and doing what you need to do. Faith without works is dead. And most of us have been, our faith has been dead and hasn't been resurrected because we ain't did nothing. And so if Holy Spirit is the one that teaches you these things, how, how much have you been relying on him? How much have you put Holy Spirit to work and say, do help me do the things I need to do for my father? If that means to heal you, because it also says he will speak, he will glorify you. He will take what is mine, declare to you all the things my father has on mind. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. So if Jesus is saying all the things that I do, he will declare it to you. What makes you think I would, the Holy Spirit won't help you heal or lead you into all truth? Because half the stuff that we think, um, or let me not say this for everybody, but some of us have a perception of God that is just outright a lie. We have this, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the scripture about the parable of the talents really quickly so that I can tell you what this looks like. So there's a scripture, and let me find it, because 
a part of this is going to be, thank you, Lord. So it's in Matthew 24, no, 20, y'all help me. Matthew 25. I'm just going to go to the last verse that talks about this, but it's the parable of the talents. And you know, when Jesus or when the, um, um, the root, the master of the country came and gave his people talents and he came back to get what he needed or came back to get what, um, came back to his servants to get, you know, what they did with it. The last verse with the one who didn't do nothing said, then he who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were, you, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. So this servant thought God was a hard man. And so he was afraid. So some of us are constantly living with the thought process of, well, God is this, 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 and God's this mighty God. And he's just going to, you know, punish me. And instead of like understanding like God, wants you to is loving he's loving why would a loving God give you all these things and you don't do nothing with it but squander it that's what he did he just basically hid it and was like okay I'm just gonna keep it keep it to myself and that's good enough to God like no sis have several seats like please have several seats the things God has given you and have revealed to you even if it's in this season like the things that people say, God has been showing me all this stuff. Then do something with it. Do something with it. Stop being afraid. That's the, that's the immediate issue right there. The servant said, I knew you were a hard man and I was afraid, so I hid it. Stop being afraid. Just do. Blessed is the servant that when his father returns, finds him doing so listen, y'all, your work is in your worship. If it's your healing, if it's you taking that new job, if it's you um, having kids, if it's you doing something about your finances, if it's you, whatever you got to do, stop being afraid. Go after it. It's not about performing. It's about doing the work and putting some faith that you say you got behind your works. Put your works, put work behind your faith. Speaking to myself, sis, this is a whole message for me. And understand that the, that the benefit outweighs the thought of you thinking, oh, I could have did this a long time ago. And stop having a perception that God is thinking a certain way about you. Like, sis, God loves you. That's all you need to know. If you mess up, he's going to correct you. If you mess up or on the wrong path, he's going to put you back on. But some of us have to trust that even if we go the wrong way, God's, God can course correct. God is a course corrector. He directs our path. So if we go the wrong way, he'll direct us back where we need to go. Period. Period. Stop being so afraid to make steps. You ain't got to be perfect. It ain't got to look perfect because you don't even know what's going to happen six months from now. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So get into a place where you just do the work and just trust that God's going to take care of you. Like, period. Stop. And so it's just a trust factor. And trust yourself. Bet on yourself, sis. 
put put you in a place where you know that God got it and he got you. If you his child, you ain't got to do all this extra stuff to like prove to God that you're faithful. Your faithfulness is showing him by being obedient and doing the work. Stop being afraid. So let's just recap really quickly. The first thing is what do you have? Stop thinking you have so much time. The second thing is what's the first thing you need to do? And the third thing is rely on Holy Spirit. Okay, so I love y'all. This is just a message of me like saying the same thing I need to be saying to myself. So I'm with you in the boat, sis. Don't think you by yourself. But we got to start doing the work and letting our work be the worship we got to give to God. Okay, so that's all for this week. I love you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.